The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Amoed Katan Daf Chafet. Today's daf is being studied. Le'ilu Nishmat Avraham Ben Esther Ruach Hashem Tnihenu Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied. The Refuah Shelema Sarah Bat Mazal El Narefanala Betoch Shar Chole Amo Yisrael. Amen. Today's daf is being studied. Le'ilu Nishmat. המנוח שנפטר בקיצור ימים ושנים עזרא בן תונה מזל רוח השם תניחנו בגן עדן אמן ותהי נשמתו צרורה בסור החיים אמן ובגין תלי זדף ונחב זין עמוד בית and we are actually on the bottom line ולא של נשים לעולם בפני הכבוד so the quote from the Mishnah said that the custom was never to leave the ladies, the coffin of the ladies in the Rishut Rabim at the time of the funeral, they would never leave it in the public place out of respect for the ladies. It seems in the olden days the custom was that at the time of the funeral the bodies were actually left with the mourners there in the whole funeral entourage in the Rehov and it was opened. People could actually see the body. So when it came to ladies, they did not leave them in the public domain like that. So it says, hakavod. So the Gemara is going to explain what is the Sunyan of Kavod. So the rabbis of Nehardi'ah said, This is only talking about a lady that died at the time that she gave birth. And she died during childbirth. So what's the concern? The concern is that maybe she's still shofar adam. Maybe blood is still uh, coming out of her. That therefore would be embarrassing that the tachrichin now all filled with blood. So sad kavod for the lady. So therefore the only lady that they didn't put in the public was a lady that died during the da'aval. She'ad nashim mani'im. But other ladies, no problem. They would be able to put them in the rehov. Rabbi Al-Azhar Amar, Rabbi Al-Azhar says, Afilu She'ar Al-Nashim. Even other ladies, all ladies they wouldn't put in the Avdikhtib, Vatamot Sham Miriam, Vatikaber Sham. So the Pasukove is extraneous. In the sense that it says, Vatamot Sham, Miriam died there, Vatikaber Sham, and she was buried there. So the Gemara's Doresh, Samuch Lemita Kibura. Which means right where she died, that's where they buried her. Which means they did not leave her even for a short amount of time in the Rehov. It's much was immediate. There was no time. So even Miriam and Neviah, they did not leave in the Rehov. It seems that that's not the kavod for any lady to remain in the Rehov, even if she's not recovering after Leda or that she did not die during Leda. The Gemara in Baba Matra lists six people that uh, died without the aid of the Malach Mavit. That just died through a Kadosh Baruch Hu himself, meaning what's called Mitat Nishika. Literally means a kiss of God. That was Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Moshe, Aharon, and Miriam. So now the Gemara is going to prove that Miriam also died Mitat Nishika, which obviously is a very smooth, pleasurable death. So the Gemara says, Atya Sham Sham Moshe. 
It's based on a Gezerah Shabbat, Sham Sham for Moshe. Why? Because it says by Miriam, but the Kabir, we just read the Pasuk, but Tamut Sham Miriam, and it also says by Moshe Rabbeinu, the Pasuk, Vayamut Sham Moshe. So the Gemara says, just like Moshe, we know died bin Shika, so too Miriam died bin Shika. So the Gemara asks, How come it doesn't say it explicitly? She's by Moshe Rabbeinu, which is Al-Pi Hashem. Al-Pi Hashem literally means that the mouth of God, Moshe died bin Shika. And all the other ones, they prove it. So how come by Miriam it doesn't say it explicitly? That she died al piyashim. They have to learn it from Gizera Shabbat Sham Sham. Kibra'in says, Mepnesh Shigenai Hadavar Leomro. It's not kavod to say such a thing for a lady. Kibyako, she died bin Shika from a Kadosh Baruchu. That's not Tsanua, uh, it's not modest. And therefore, they learn it from a Gizera Shabbat, but the Torah doesn't want to say it explicitly. Amar Rabbi Ami. Daman Ismecham Mitat Miriam, the Parashat Para Aduma. Which means, uh, right after the death of Miriam, it talks about the laws of Bara Aduma. So the question is, there must be a connection between the juxtaposition between Miriam and Nabiya's death and Bara Aduma. So Gebra says, yes, no ma'alecha, ma Bara Aduma mechaperet, ap mitatan shel tzaddikim mechaperet. Which means, just like uh, the Bara Aduma atones, now, what does it atone for over here? Some say atonement means it purifies a person from his tum'at met. It's the only way a person can be relieved from tum'at met. And other issues, they want to explain, no, it atoned for the sin of the egil. The paraduma was an atonement for hata egil. The Torah does call paraduma khatati. So therefore, just like the paraduma is mechaper on a person, so to the death of the tzaddikim also is mechaper on that generation. And therefore, mitat miriam para aduma. Ma para mechaperet af mitat sadikim mechaprim. Amar bil azar. Lama nismecha mitat aharon lebegdeke huna. Why, by the death of Aaron, is there a reference by his death to the Bigdeh Kehuna? Uh, the uh, Rashi's mashma over here that the pasuk says before he died, vayifshot et begadav. That Moshe Rabbeinu, he took the clothes, the big day kuna off of Aaron. Why would the Torah have to go out of its way to tell us that? That he took off the clothes, big day kuna off Aaron before he died. Unless there's a connection between the death of Aaron and the big day kuna. So the Gemara says, Ma big day kuna mechaperin, af mitatanchel sadiki mechaperet. Just like the clothes of the kuna are mechaper, which means we learned that each one of the garments of the Kohen Gadol had a ability to atone for certain sins. For example, the Hoshen Mishpat that the Kohen wore on his chest was mechaper for crookedness in judgment. The judges made a uh, mistake in judgment. The Mi'il with the bells on the bottom was mechaper for Lashon Ara, etc. The seats was mechaper for Gavhut Alev, for Ga'ava. Each one of the clothes had the ability to mechaper for something. So the Gebra says, just like the clothes of the Kohen Gadol, had the ability to atone for sins, so to the death of Tzaddikin, also has the ability to atone for the sins of a generation. Regarding of Imitat Aaron. Comes the Gemara and continues. Tanu Rabbanan. Now the Gemara is going to discuss the uh, punishment of Karet. 
Torah sometimes says if a person commits certain sins, is can be punished by this punishment called karet. Now, karet can be one of three situations. It can either be mitapet or mit. One of two situations. Mitapet means a sudden death without warning, or he dies at a certain age. So now the, or actually it could also be the third thing is, but a minute he dies, um, or his children die in his lifetime. Which is, but that could also be a form of uh, karet. Now there also could be a form of karet where the Mephashim explained that he gets certain yisurim after his death. So there's three types of karet during one's life, and there can be one karet even after his death. The three karets can be, again, mitapet or mit, the son and death, what the Gebarah will talk about, dying at a certain age, which the Gebarah will discuss, having one's children die in his lifetime, or uh, after his death, there's Yisurin that take place to the uh, Neshama. Now the Gebarah explains, Tarul Abbanan, met pitom. The person Shalom, has a sudden death. Zuhi mita hatufa. Literally, hatufa means he snatched, which means they snatched him. Halayom echad umet. If he was sick for one day and then he died, zuhi mita dehufa. So that's already uh, called midat dehufa, which is they pushed him. Tosafot doesn't really know the difference. What's the between Hatufa and the Hufa is Misupat, but both these type of deaths obviously are under the uh, Karet uh, category. That's the way the Mefarshim are uh, understanding. Actually, the first one, Mitapit Omit, is really the type of Karet. Rav Hananya bin Gamliel Omer. Rav Hananya bin Gamliel says, if a person dies after one day of being sick, Zuhi Mitat Magefa. That's called Magefa. It's like a plague. By the Pasuk of Yehezkel. Now we go back to that story of Yehezkel where God predicted that his wife was going to die. Okay? So the Pasuk says, Ben Adam, I'm going to take the Mahmad Anecha, the treasure and the pleasure of your eyes, which is your wife, and we know that she died the next day. So you see, when there's a one day. Yeah, that's called a magifa. Uchtiv va'adaber elam ba'boker. That was the next day. Va'tamot ishti ba'arev. Right, she died that night. So when God spoke to him, she died the subsequent days. I mean, she was sick for one day, so to speak, and then died. What does the pasuk say? She died the magifa. So therefore, the one day sickness is considered a death that is called a magifa. Comes the Gemaran says, Shineyamim met. If he dies after being sick for two days, Zui Mita Dehuya. As according to this opinion, that's going to call be Mita Dehuya. That's called Dahui. Harid or quickened. Correct. Shilosha Gyara. Three days, that's called Gyara. What's he called? Gara? That's a rebuke. Arba'a nizifa. Four days in dying, that's nizifa. Scorned. Hamisha, five days, and then he dies. Zomitat kol adam. Okay, that's a, that's a normal mitah. That's not already a special deen in Hashemayim. 
She's all these like, for one to four. That's already some type of punishment. Gezeram and Hashemayim can fall under the karet situation. Different different degrees. After five days, it's mitat kol adam. There's already a, considered a, a normal death, and since he got five days a warning, so we don't look at it as a mitah pitomit. But anything less is considered a form of karet. But different degrees, like we said, dehuyad, dehufan, nizifa, etc. Which is worse? It seems the more pitomit is the worse it is. Okay, one day worse than two days, as he has more time to to make uh, amends. Rebuke is like worse than scorn. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, the again also is misupak exactly what the difference between these terminologies are, but it's all in the category of mitapit omit. Amar Rabbi Hanin. Rabbi Hanin says, Me'ekira. Which is, how do we know that if it's a five day warning, that's already considered a normal death? That's not under the situation of mitapit omit. So the Pasuk says, by Moshe Rabbeinu, before Moshe Rabbeinu was going to die, Hen karebu yamecha lamut. Now, Hen had. The word Hen is one. We'll see why Hen is considered one. So that's one day. Behold. Karebu, they have come close. That's three. That's two more days. So you have to three. Yamecha, that's plural of days. That's mineral plurality is two. Three. Ha ha So then we got five. So therefore Moshe Rabbeinu's death was not considered Hasid Shalom Itapit Omit. Because you see, once he had five days, that's why the person Hen, Karebu, Yamecha. So therefore we see that what? Uh, he had five days, one, therefore it's not Mitapit Omit. Now the Gemara says Hen Had. How do you know that word Hen is one? Sheken Bilshon Yevani Korin Ahat Hen. Because in Lashon Yavan, in Greek, they call one Hen. So therefore, we know that Hen is a reference to one. Now of course, the Torah is not using a Greek word, but we always explain from the Shlach Kadosh that many of the Hebrew words were forgotten and they were taken by other languages. One of those words was Hen. Hen originally was a Hebrew word. That meant one. But it wasn't used uh, that often. So that word ended up going to the Greeks. So therefore the Gebaraj is saying, if you want to know the source of the word, the Greeks still use the word today, when they call uh, Hen one, and that's what that special means over here, Hen Karimu Yameka considered one day. Bet Bahamishim Shana Zui Mitat Karet. Now the Gebaraj says, even if a person does not die sudden death, but he dies at the age of 50, that's already considered karet. Now it's not 50 per se, it's between 50 and 60. So that already, even if he had warning, in that period of time, that's already karet according to the Gemara. Havishim ushtayim shana, but if he dies at 52, that's not karet. That's the death of Shemuel who came from the Ramah, and therefore, that's considered uh, a normal death. That's not considered karet. Well, obviously, he did not die be karet, but he died at 52 years old. So, 50 to 60 is karet, except for 52. Shishim zui mita bideshamayim. Now, it's mashbavi when it says mita bideshamayim. That's a punishment. That's similar to karet. It's not as stringent as karet, but it's mita bideshamayim. Now, we're going to follow another girsa. Uh, the other Gersa, which makes more sense, based on what we're going to see in the further pieces of the Gemara, met b'shishim, if a person dies at 60, harizu mitat kol adam. 
If he's from 60 on, that's already considered a normal death. That's not considered a punishment. And you're going to see why we're going to opt for that. Get us out. Amar Morzutra Meekira. How do we know this? Dikhtiv. Tavo Bechelah Ele Kabir. That's a pasuk in Iyov. Bechelah Bigmatria Shitinavu. The word Bechelah, which literally means old age, it should come to the grave in old age. So the Gemara says, Bechelah Bigmatria Shitinavu. That equals 60. So therefore we see from this Gemara that what? That uh, 60 already is considered a normal, a normal mitah. It's not a punishment. Now the Gemara says, Shiv'im. If a person makes it to 70, Seva. That's already considered old age. That's already is considered a seva, an old man. Shimonim givurot. Shimonim already is considered givurot. That strength. But if I to explain that a person reaches that age already of eighty, that's already Hakadosh Baruch Hu is now giving him uh, strength. Because normally at eighty, the body should uh, already be weakened. Person is living to eighty already. That's giburot. That's already the strength of God is in this person. And the Gemara says the Chetiv the Pasuk in Tehillim Yemeshen Otenu Beim Shalim Shana Im Bichburot Shemonim Shana. Means once he reaches eighty, that's above the nature. Already he's living with the givurot of a kadosh baruchu. Amar Raba. Raba now clarifies. Mehamishim v'ad shishim shana. From 50 to 60. Zohi mitat karet. Vehai delo hashiv Which means, why did the bright above just say hamishim? It should have said mehamishim v'shishim. From 50 to 60. Why did the Bible say that Karet is only 50? Mishum kevodosh Hashem al-Ramati. Out of kevodosh Hashem al-Ramati, if you're going to say 50 to 60, you'd think 52 was included. So then when the Bible above just said 50, out of respect for the age of 52, so it just said 50, but really it's between 50 and 60. Rabbi Yosef, ki hava bar shitin. When Rabbi Yosef reached the age of 60, avad lehu yomat to'abal rabbanan. He made a party. He made a Yom Tov for him and his students. Amar nafki li mekaret. He said, that's it. I escaped the punishment of karet. What's made in the 60? That's it. He's out of the karet. Amar le abaye. So abaye tells him, Nihi denafak le mor mekaret dishne. Okay, you got out of the karet of years, which means you're out of the 50 to 60 zone. Mekaret diyome, minafik mor, but the karet of days, which means you can still have a sudden death. And sudden death is karet even after 60. Amar nekot lach palgabidach. Okay, at least I got half. Which means half already is worth a party. So I got saved from karet deshaneh. Okay, karet diomeh is still open. But okay, it's worth it to make a celebration. At least I got saved from a partial karet. Comes the Gemaran says... Ravuna Nahnafshe Pitom. Ravuna died a sudden death. Havu Kadaige Rabbanan. So the rabbis were concerned because we learned above sudden death is mitahatufa. That's a form of karet. So Ravuna was a great Sadiq. Tana lehu zugad mehaddayav. There was a pair of Tamidi Achamim that came from the city of Mehaddayav. So they explained it. Lo shanu ela shelo egiya ligburot. Ava egiya ligburot zoi mitat neshika. Which means this that we say sudden death. That's only 
less than 80. But once a person reaches 80, then we look at sudden death as mitat nishika. And therefore, Ravuna died mitat nishika in, in reality. So therefore, it comes out, the karets are as follows. Be 50 to 60 without 52. Between, and not including 60, 60 already is considered out of karet. Between 60 and 80, already mitapet omit, dying within five days. And after 80, there's no more, there's no more karet. There's no more karet de shaneh, obviously, there's no more even karet of yomeh. Now, dying before uh, um, 50, as well, the chaura should be mitat pet omit. Explains it over here. Rak mita ben gil hamishim de gil shishim asyal yot mitat karet. Mishemet lefne gil hamishim met menastam misiba aheret. That's the abets. The abets will say before fifty, we're not going to put a karet on him. They say he died from other uh, other causes. So technically, it's fifty to sixty without fifty-two, not including sixty. After that time, mita pitomi within five days. After eighty. All karet is off. Comes Gabriel and says, Amar Rava, no peace. Haye, bene, umezone, lo biskuta talia milta, ela be mazala talia milta. Three things in a person's life. Haye, how long he's going to live? Bene, how much children he's going to have? Umezone, his padnasa, how much padnasa he's going to have? Lo biskuta talia milta. This item is not dependent on zechuyot. Which is mazal is is a certain influence that the stars have over the mazal over the luck of a person and based on uh, when a person was born under which influence of which planet of which star so that's going to depend uh, his uh, lifespan that's going to depend his children's going to depend his mizonot and it's really not dependent on zechuyot. Uh, now it should be noted that we did learn in Masechet Shabbat that there are opinions, Tosfot brings it down as well, that although it's primarily influenced by Mazal, it can change. Al zechut gadol. So if a person does great deeds or great tefillah, it is possible for a person's Mazal to change. Now we learned in Masechet Ta'anit, if you remember, a certain rabbi that was born under a certain mazal, which was a bad mazal, and Bore Olam, he prayed to Bore Olam, Bore Olam told him, if you want, I'll recreate the whole world from beginning to end, and maybe you'll be born in a better mazal. So the rabbi said, all this, and still it's a, it's a maybe, so I'll take, uh, I'll take what I have. Which means, you see that even the greatest hachamim, it was one of the rabbis of the Gemara, but still he was born under a uh, certain uh, mazal. Now, the question then is asked of all the Rishonim, so what does it mean in the Torah when it says if you keep the mitzvot, you're going to get beracha? I thought it uh, doesn't depend on uh, keeping up the mitzvot. How can the Pasuk come and tell you uh, that if you keep the mitzvot, you can have a uh, good life? It's the Talui Bemazal. So the Mefarshim uh, say that this over here means that the Mazal is just one of the causes. But again, we have to say it's not the primary cause. A person's mazal indeed can change based on mitzvot observance, tefillah, and a great zikhut. Comes the Gemara and explains the ha Rabbah the Rab Hazda. 
story. Two great rabbis. Rabbi Rabbi Tarvayu Rabbanan Avu. Both of them were great tzaddikim. Mor how did this Sitkut manifest? Both rabbis would pray for rain, and the rain would come immediately. Rav Chazda lived to 92 years old. Rav only lived to 40 years old. In the house of Rav Chazda, he made 60 weddings. Between his children and his grandchildren, he had 60 parties. Be Rabah, in the house of Rabah, Shittin Tikhleh. But Menan, 60 situations of Avelut, where there was a loss. Some say the number 60 is Lav Davka, it's just an indication there was a lot. He had a lot of parties, and he had a lot of Avelut. Be Rabah, Smida Lechalbe. They were so rich in Rabah's house, they were able to feed the dogs the finest flour. It means they fed them Smida. Vela mitba'e. And what? They didn't even, they didn't even need it. Which means the dogs were satiated already. I mean, it was considered even extra for the dogs. Be Rabah. But in Rabah's house, Nahamad sa'ade li'inche. All they were able to afford was barley bread. Velo mishtakah. And even that, they could have never enough of it. And therefore you see what? Both rabbis with Sadiqim. And in the three areas of Bene Hayem Mizoneh, Bene, we see Rav Chazda had 60 weddings. Where Rabah had 60 funerals, Barmanan. So the Bene was different. Hayeh, Rav Chazda lived to 92, Rabah lived to 40. Mizoneh, Rav Chazda was rich, he could even give solid to the dogs. And Rabah couldn't even feed his family with barley bread. So you see what? But they were both Sadiqim. La bizchuta talia milta. It's not to do with the zechut. It's talui b'mazal. Comes the Gemara and says... Ve'od amar Rava, Hani telat Rava said, I prayed for three things from a Kadosh Baruch Hu. yahavuli, hadalo yahavuli. I got two out of three. Two they gave me, the third one they didn't give me. I prayed, Chochmeta de Ravuna. I prayed that I should have the wisdom of Ravuna. Ve'utre de Rav Chizda. And the wealth of Rav Chizda. Ve'yahavuli. And they gave it to me. But what happened? And the lo I prayed for the humility of Rabbah Ravuna, and that they did not give me. So a few things we have to ask on this story. Number one, Rabbah was the one that taught us above that Bene Hayum Mazal. And now he comes along and says he prayed for richness and he got it. So like we said, that Ayyadeh Tefillah, the Mazal is changeable. So therefore you see his Tefillah worked. The second question we have to ask is, how does a person pray for humility? I thought we learned in the Gemara, Kol Bideh Shamayim, Chutzmirat Shamayim, which means a person's fear of God, his religious level, his Midot, that's free will. Person controls his own destiny. So what do you mean? He's praying to Kadosh Baruch Hu, give me, uh, give me uh, humility of Rabbah uh, Ravuna. So explanation is like this: One is allowed to use his tefillah as a manifestation of his free will. Nobody tells him he could pray for. You can pray for anything you want, and therefore Rava used his tefillah to pray for Anava. 
which means that a Kadosh Baruch Hu will give him Si'atad that will succeed at this, which is a person can pray for uh, uh, many things. No one forces you to pray for religious uh, situations. So if a person prays, please give me success in learning. That's your free will. You're using Tefillah is a, is a, is a, is a mitziut. It's a reality. It's like, uh, it's like a, 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 a person that is doing a physical action to achieve what he wants. So therefore, I'm taking the power of tefillah, and I'm using it to my advantage. And therefore, I want to use it for anava. So that's considered not be the shabayim. That's already you are doing it yourself. And what was he praying for? That God should give him the siyatah that he should succeed. Similarly, for example, in the Birkat Mazon, on Shabbatot v'yamim to him, some have the custom to say, Arachmanu yifanethenu bechabod velo bebizui, beheter velo beisur, benahad velo besah. Please God, give me my panasah in a permissible way, not a forbidden way. What do you mean? That's not up to Hashem. If you're going to be a thief in business, you made that decision. If you're going to be honest in business, that's up to you. That's not up to Akadosh Baruch Hu. God does not control that. The explanation is the same thing. Yes, I'm using my tefillah to pray to Akadosh Baruch Hu. God, don't bring me to a test. I want to see that I'll be able to transact in my business, that everything will be honest. I shouldn't be tempted to cheat and to, to do something that is uh, uh, you know, compromising the values of the Torah. That already, you can pray for such a thing. I'm using my tefillah for uh, something of ruhaniyut uh, uh, level, and that's considered uh, not a contradiction to the uh, principle of a de shamayim. Come to Gemaran says further. Rav Seorim. There was a rabbi called Rav Seorim. Ahu de Rabbah. He was the brother of Rabbah. Habayatif Kamed Rabbah. He was sitting in front of Rabbah. Hazya de Habah Kaminamnim. Rabbah was on his deathbed. He was about to die. Amar le, so Rabbah tells his brother, Le male mor de lo Please, my brother, go tell the Malacha Mavit not to give me tsar. Which means when he takes my neshama, let him do it in a in a uh, in an easy way. So he was he was asking his brother to solicit the Malacha Mavit for him. Amar le, so Rav says, more lav shush binehu. So what are you talking, my dear brother? You're his friend. You're the Malacha Mavit's friend. Why don't you go talk to the Malacha Mavit yourself? Amar le, so Rabbah says, Kevan de imsar mazala lo ashkahpi. Already I lost my mazal, already I'm under his clutch, I'm under his grip, and therefore I don't have the mazal now to go and uh, speak to him over here. He's already, I'm, uh, my name is on the list, I'm given over to him already, so I cannot, uh, I cannot speak for myself. I'm, I'm about to die. He lost his mazal. Rashim Baba Kamal explains that everybody has a malach that's next to him that protects him. That's called his mazal. His, you want to call it a guardian angel, if we're allowed to use that terminology. So the explanation is, he said, I lost my mazal. That angel that's protecting me is not here. Therefore, I cannot go to the malakam mabin. Amar le li mor. So the Rav Sarnas is fine. I'll go speak to the malakam mabin, but I want you to come to me in a dream after you die and tell me what happened. It hazile. So Rabbah came to his brother in a dream after he died. Amar le havale le mor sara. Did you have any pain at the time of death? Amar le ki rivda dechusilta. Rivda is the little uh, pinch 
that one feels at the time of Kusulta, at the time of bloodletting. So when they would lose the bloodlet in the olden days, I guess they would take a needle, they would prick the skin, just a little uh, to get the blood out. So it was a little sad, it wasn't painless, I felt like a little pinch. Like the uh, needle of the uh, bloodletting that uh, was, a, was a, a, a minor, minor pain. Rava Ava Yatif Kamed Rav Nachman. Rava sat in front of Rav Nachman. Chazyeh Dekam in Namnim. He saw Rav Nachman was about to die. Amar Le. So Rava, Rav Nachman tells Rava, Le Malay Mor Delolit Saran. Please go tell the Malach Mavit not uh, not to give me pain. Amar Le. So Rava says, Mor Lav Adam Chashuvu, which means you're Adam Chashuv. You're a important man. Go yourself. Go speak to the Malach Mavit. It's amazing these hakamim that they had the ability to go speak to the malach mavit uh, and to put in uh, put in requests. Amar le so Rav Nachman comes along and says, man hashiv, man sefin, man rekia. Jesus said literally, mi hashuv lefnei malach mavit. What do you mean? You tell me I'm hashuv. Who's considered hashuv? Who's considered important for the malach mavit? Man sefin. Who is able to invoke fear? To the Malach Mavit, that the Malach Mavit is going to be afraid. And Man Rekia is who is Mitukan, who is refined, who is uh, fixed, who is proper in his way, that he can go now and uh, negotiate with the Malach Mavit. What he was trying to say is that he felt after already he's given over to the Malach Mavit, he's not the one to do it. But he felt that the other Rabbi Rabbah. Can't go do it. Amar le. So Rabbah tells him, Let hazi le mor. Please come to me in a dream. Which is after you die, come to me in a dream. Let me know what happened. Et hazi le. So Rabbah came to Rabbah in a dream. Amar le. Havi le le mor sa'ara. Did you have any uh, pain? The time of death? Amar le. Kimishhal binata mehalaba. Like taking a hair out of a cup of milk. Which means painless. Then he goes further. And if a Kadosh Baruch Hu would tell me, You can go back to this world like you were, and then you'll die another time. I'm not interested. Why? Because it's scary. It means, even though a God would give me a chance to come back to this world, I don't want to die again. Already that moment was a pahad, and therefore uh, I'll stay uh, where uh, he says I'll stay where he is. Rabbi El Azar, Hava Ka'akhil Truma. Rabbi El Azar, he was a Kohen, so he was eating Truma. Truma is considered Kodesh. What happened? It Hazele, the Malacha Mavit appeared to him to try to take him away, to try to kill him. So what are you doing? I'm eating Tirumah. Velav Kodesh Ikri? Isn't Tirumah called Kodesh? Which he's really trying to say is that um, how could you take me over here? If you're going to take me, I'm going to die. And the Tirumah is going to become Tameh. And therefore you can't take me. I'm in the middle of eating Tirumah. What does the Gemara say? The time passed, Malach Mavid missed his moment, and he wasn't able to take Nabi Al-Azad away from the world. He pushed him off, the time passed, and that's it. Nabi Al-Azad saved himself. One time Nabi was walking in the marketplace, he saw the Malach Mavid. 
you want to kill me in the marketplace like an animal? At least wait till I get home and take me like a human being in the house. You want to die? He said, Don't take me in the marketplace like this. Rav Asheh, it hazel he besuka. One time the Malachamavit saw Rav Asheh in the marketplace. Amar le, it rahli teltin yomin. So I told him, Listen, I know you want to take me. Give me 30 more days. I want to review Shas. I want to go to the Shas one more time in 30 days. Why? The Amritu, because the rabbis teach us, Fortunate is a person that goes up to Shavayim after 120, and he has a Talmud in his hand. Because he knows all the Shas. So therefore, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bet you. They're going to ask me questions on the Gemara. So therefore, give me one more time to review. I need 30 days to review the whole Shas. So I can go up there. So on the 30th day, the Malachi Mavit showed up right and early to take Rav Amar le, So what are you rushing for? The 30 days, I have the whole day. Why are you coming to take me so early? So Gabbara says, They said, listen, the ready, the rabbi uh, called... Barnatan, which actually is Ravuna Barnatan, it's his time to become the Nasi. And therefore you, you're delaying the, the situation, which means with Halakha says, in Malchut Nogat Mahaberta Afilu Kumoni says. Which means that what? That the kingdom are not allowed to overlap even a hair's breadth. Which means once it's the time for the next uh, rabbi to become the Nasi, so the other Nasi has to go. And therefore, that's it. Your time has come. Now we have to put Ravuna uh, Barnatan to become the Nasi of uh, Kla Yisrael. Ravuna Barnatan, he was the Nasi uh, in Babel. He filled the position of Rav Asher after he died. Comes again and continues. Rav Hizdal the Malachamavit wasn't able to get Rav Hizda. We just learned that he lived to 92 years old. The Malachamavit wasn't able to get him. Why? He didn't stop learning. And we know as long as a person is learning Torah, the Malachamavit cannot have any hold on him. Salik So what did he do? The Malachamavit, when he sat on top of a cedar tree in the Hatser, uh, in the courtyard of Rav Hizda. So what did he do? The Malach Mavid, he caused the cedar tree to crack. So it seemed it made a very loud noise. Veshatak. So for one split second, Ravazda stopped learning because he heard the, the noise. At that moment, the Malach Mavid took the neshama of Ravazda. So he had, a, he had a plan. He stopped him from learning for one second, and now he's able to start, get him to take him. Rabbi wasn't able to, to get him. So one day the Malach Mavit, he dressed up like an Ani, like a poor man. So he knocked on Rabbi door. Please bring me some bread. So they brought him out some bread. So the Malach Mavit tells Rabbi Which means, 
Aren't, don't you have mercy on the uh, poor people? How come you don't have mercy on me? Which means, just like you have mercy on the poor people, listen, I have a job from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He sent me down to take you. Don't give me a hard time. Let me just take you to Shema and, uh, you know, let me, let me, let me go. Like, what do you, what do you give me a hard time for? <laughs> so the Gemara says, Galele. So all of a sudden, Malak Amavid appeared in front of Nafazda. He showed Abhiya a stick like fire. Once he saw the fire, Abhiya, he was able to take the Neshama out of Abhiya. Which means, once Abhiya, he thought it was a poor man. He didn't know it was the Malak Amavid. So the Malak, the, the, the Ani tells him, You have mercy on, how come you don't have mercy on me? Said no, whatever. Who's, who's talking to him? Also, he took out his fire. He realized it was the Malacha Mavid, and he told him he was been a that he came to take him, and therefore uh, he was able to bring him back to the Shamayim. That's Rabbi Hizda. This is Rabbi Hiya. The Bishlomo Ben Yatom comments on all these stories. We see how important the study of Torah is. And how much God loves these Sadiqim that they had interaction with the Malach Mavit. Comes the next Mishnah, actually the last Mishnah of the Masechet. We learned above in the previous Mishnah that there is no eulogies on Hulam Mu'ayd. They do not leave the coffin in the street in order not to accustom the people to make hispedim. Uh, we learned as well in the time of Hazal, there were different types of uh, crying and eulogies that were done at the funeral. Men used to eulogize, they speak about the niftar, they praise him, and they give different uh, musar to the people on the great loss that the people incurred. That's called hispid. The ladies, on the other hand, they would uh, be involved in like different types of crying and wailing, and different type of uh, uh, kinot, lamentations, they would sing. So the Mishnah is going to discuss for us the different customs of ladies, the way they would act at the funerals. So the Gemara says, Nashim b'mo'ed me'anot. Ladies on Hulam Mu'ed at the funeral are allowed to be involved in what's called Me'anot or Inui, which means uh, the Gemara will explain exactly what is uh, Inui, how that manifests. Avalom Metapehot. Metapehot, we learned earlier, is clapping, there's banging their hands against each other as a sign of Avilut. The Bishma'il Omer has Simuchot Lamita Metapehot. On Hulam Mu'ed, the ladies that are close to the coffin, to the Aron, they even allow to metapehot uh, to bang their hands. Can it air, according to this opinion, to pull as a higher level of showing the grief, and therefore, unless it's close to the coffin itself, so they can even be metapeyah. But they're obviously able to do both. And obviously, it's not as strict as that's why they allow them. However, on all the days, 
ראש חודש, חנוכה, פורים, לא מקוננות, they are not allowed to be מקונן. What is מקונן? That was a type of song that they used to sing, we'll see that in the Gemara. רבי ישמעאל אומר, הסמוכות למיטה מטפחות. Again, that those are close, that are close to the... I'm sorry. בראשי חודשים, בחנוכה פורים, מענות תפחות, בזה ובזה לא מקוננות, נקבר המת, once the, the body is buried, לא מענות ולא מטפחות. Nothing. They cannot be מענן, nor can they be uh, clapping. But certainly they cannot be מקונן. So the same as the kina is the highest level, then you have the תפוח, uh, and then you have the עינוי. Uh, right? So עינוי is allowed first, and then תפוח, and then kina. Uh, Now the Gabbana asks, Ezu Inui, what is Inui? Shekulan or not ka'achat. It's like a choir. They all wail and moan together. Kina, what is Kina? She'achat medaberet vechulan or not One says a certain word, or a certain pasuk, let's say, of mourning, or certain uh, words of uh, sa'ar, and everybody else answers like a, uh, they're responding to each other. That's called kina. She'ne'emar, ve'lamedna benotechem ne'i ve'isha re'uta kina. The pasuk says, isha re'uta. A lady to a friend kina, which means when there's kina, it's one lady saying it and her friend responding. So therefore, let's review again. Kinah is going to be asur under all situations. Ben b'chol ha-mu'ed, ben b'chanukah, ben b'purim, ben b'rasheh, chodashim. On the mu'ed, me'anot is permissible, but lo tipuach. And the Ishmael says the ones that are close to the mitah can even make tipuach, they can even clap. And asher chodash chanukah purim, me'anot um tapechot, But no, kina. However, the Gebarah says, Aval la'atid lavo, hu omer. Mashiach comes, the Pasuk in Yeshaya says, Bilah ha'mavet la'nesach, Umachad, Unoayluim demarah, Na'al kol panim. Which means the death, which is the malach ha'mavet, is going to be swallowed up. Means the death is going to be taken away. That's what is going to be tichat ha'metim. Death is going to be ridden from the world, and God is going to erase tears from the face of all. She's the Mishnah, wanted to end off over here, the Masechet, in a positive note, so therefore it quotes, in those Pasuk, nothing to do, we just learned, just saying that, but that's the same at the end of time, now some learn, that Masechet Mu'id Katan, was actually the last Masechet of Seder Mu'id. And therefore the, the Rabbin Kadosh wanted to end Seder of Mu'id, the whole order of Mu'id, the first order of the, the first order, but the order of the Mu'id, in a positive note. Now we hold that really Hagiga is the last uh, Masechet in, uh, in Mu'id, which is the next Masechet, but just to end off the panic, which is a very morbid chapter, talks about death, so that Ben Rakhidus wanted to say this uh, Pasuk to show there's going to come a time where it's going to be Bilam Mavet Nesach, Umacha Hashem Elokim Dema'ah, God is going to wipe away all the tears from the uh, people. Right, the Ran learns over here, the The people are going to live forever at that time. Kabzikabaran says, Man Amran. Okay, what did the ladies say uh, at these funerals? What was their uh, you know their their words, their wailings? Amarav Vai Azla Vai Habila. 
which literally means woe to the one that's traveling, that's the deceased, Vaila habila, woe to the load, which means the load over here of the coffin. He's woe to the one that's now traveling to his uh, resting place, and woe to the load, the people that are carrying the, that woe to this uh, situation. He's going to a place where he's not going to return, and woe to the situation that we have to carry the deceased. Amarava. Now the Gemara is going to discuss certain eulogies that were made, or certain cryings that were made, by the ladies of a city called uh, Shekansiv. Seems these ladies were professional in the wailing process. So the Gemara says, Amarava, Neshed Shekansiv Amran The ladies of Shekansiv would say the following, Vay azla Bay Habila. Like we just learned. Woe to the one that's traveling, that's not coming back. Woe to the, to the load. Which is to this person that's uh, weighing down in the coffin. They also would say the following. Good garma mikkacha v'nimte maya le'antiche. Which literally means break a bone from the teeth good garma garma is a bone kacha is the teeth good is the break break the bone from the teeth and bring water into the urn now what is this referring to? so the explanation is like this open one's mouth meaning make a hole in the teeth open one's mouth and what? Bring water into the urn. Is saying like this, that the water that's in the urn will just fall into the person's mouth, uh, oh, which means the water will go from the mouth back into the antiche, which means it's a reverse situation. Normally the water goes from the antiche into the person's mouth. They would eulogize and say, open one's mouth and let the water return into the antiche. The water that was in his mouth is going to go reverse back into the urn. What's the uh, Musad over here? So it says when a person dies, so the Seder HaOlam reverses. Normally the Neshama is supposed to come down. Here now the Neshama is leaving him and going back up, it's reversing. So therefore they're saying it's like a person opening his mouth and the water that he has in his mouth goes back into the Antiche. It's the reverse of the Seder HaTeva. The ladies of Shekansiv said, Atuf vechasu ture. Let the mountains cover themselves. Debar rame ubar brebehu. Because this person that died, he was a son of great people. He was a son of respectable and great people. I'm just trying to say that even the heavens. Uh, and the nature should mourn the death of such a person. Someone explained, Rabbeinu Hananel, that she, the ladies of Sheikh Nassim were telling the mountains, dress up, Kaseh, dress yourself up to greet the honorable person that died who's going to be buried next to you, because they used to bury in the mountains. So they were saying, get dressed up, you have a something that's coming to greet you. amran. Shiyol itstelad de melata de barhorin de shlimu which means death is actually a cloak of fine silk 
for somebody that lost his money that his uh, suitcase uh, is empty because he lost his money which is a person that lost his money he has nothing to live for so therefore it's saying death is a blessing for this person death is a, like a fine cloak of silk because the guy doesn't have any uh, money to exist and therefore better for him to die uh, than to live obviously we're talking about a rich person that lost his uh, money so therefore they were saying in this case that was a nehama you know death is better for this person because his suitcases are empty they don't have any more mezonot the ladies of Shikan Siv said, Rahid v'nafil v'a'ambara yizufta yazif. Which literally means, Rahid is running, v'nafil he fell, v'ma'abar on the bridge, halvai takes out a loan. What is this referring to? So the Fashim says, the guy his whole life is running. What is he running? To make money. To make panasa, uh, to make business. And the last, at the end of his life, we're talking about this fellow, he lost his panasa. He ends up with nothing. And now when he goes on the bridge, what's the bridge? Between Ulama Zeh and Ulama Ba, he's forced now to borrow money for his takhrikhin. He doesn't even have money to buy his uh, shrouds. They were saying over again, a person over obviously lost his money. So they would eulogize him and say, he's running and running to make money. At the end, he lost everything. He's on the bridge, he has to borrow. Borrow for what? For his last uh, funeral. Which literally means, my brothers, the merchants. Which means, on your jugs, you are going to be checked. What is this a reference to? He was warning, they would warn the merchants. This fellow died. And therefore, you have to be careful. Check your surah. Uh, make sure that it is uh, honest, that the weights are correct. Otherwise, what happened to this person can happen to you as well. So they would give Musad at the funeral. Brother merchants, go check your uh, check your merchandise. Make sure that everything is uh, being sold. Bemuna. Gemara says that. Ve'amarava neshedish conceive the lady to conceive Amran mota ki mota umarain hebulaya. She's the death. Of this person is like the death of all people. However, the Yisurin that he has, that's already the interest. That's already the beat. Which means, everybody dies. So when a person dies, that's already God taking away the principle. However, when a person dies and he has Yisurin, he's getting two things. They're taking away the principle, but they're they're taking interest on him as well. As the Yisurin that he suffered, that's considered like the uh, Yisurin. That's the considered the interest. Right? He has to give back his neshama. That's the principle. That's like paying back a loan. However, the Yisurin that he suffers, that's an extra payment. So he's paying back his neshama plus. That's like the beat that he has to pay back. Comes the Gemara and says, Tanya, Ya Rabbi Meir, Omer Rabbi Meir said, Tov lalechet el bet evel. It's better to go to a house of mourning. And the Pasuk uh, ends. 
מלאכת אל בית משתה. Instead of going to a wedding, כאשר הוא סוף כל האדם, והחי ייתן אל ליבו. Which means better to go to a house of mourning than to a wedding, because at the house of mourning a person will pay attention to his heart. His heart will be moved. So the Gemara wants to know, what is this thing? Things regarding death. What does that mean? So it says, when he goes to the house of mourning, he's going to come to the conclusion that what? Those people that are involved in eulogizing the dead, one day there's going to be midah, they are going to be eulogized. What goes around comes around. And he'll see that if I'm going to be involved in taking care of the eulogy for this family, one day, not everybody lives forever. So the yispad, those that eulogize, yispiduneh. The yikbar, yikbiduneh. Those that involve themselves in burying the dead, one day they will be buried themselves. The yitan, yitanuneh. One that carries the coffin to the burial place, one day he'll be carried itself. One that raises his voice in crying for the deceased, they will do the same for him as well. So when a person comes to the house of mourning, he's faced with his immortality, and he realizes that what he does for these people, one day it's going to be done for him. Some say, Somebody that does not elevate himself, which means somebody that tends to the needs of a deceased, and does not have ga'ava, doesn't say to himself, oh, I'm too important to be involved. He doesn't elevate himself. They will elevate him. Uh, in the Shamayim. Oh, which means stop. Nothing to do with the, Yeah, that's true. Somebody that lowers himself for the Metim, they will elevate him. Which means he will receive uh, a great, great Kavod. Dekhtim, like the Pasuf says, Kitov Amar Lecha Alehena. Now the whole Pasuf says over in Mishle, Al Tetadar Lefne Melech. Do not be arrogant or beautify yourself in front of the king. Do not stand in front of great people. Wait for them to say, come rise. Don't go on your own in front of the king. Wait till you get invited. Which means, when a person lowers himself, automatically they will invite him to high level. And then when a person lowers himself in this world, he doesn't elevate himself, he stays low, eventually they will bring him higher. And there was a very interesting derasha that I saw in the Ayn Yaakov on this pasuk. Shalomah Melech is saying, Tov lalechet lebet evel, melechet el bet mishteh. It's better to go to a house of mourning than to a wedding. So the Mepharshim asks over here a very strong question. It seems there's no connection between the two. Normally when a person is giving a choice to somebody, the two choices are similar, and therefore you need the person to come and tell you, this is better than that. For example, if there's two different apples on the table, so then you would say, better to eat from this apple than from that apple. Because you're talking apples on apples. But you don't come along and say, better to eat from the apple instead of eating the steak. 
these are not from the same uh, from the same league. Certainly, what do I need Shiloh Abelich to come and compare a wedding and a funeral? It's two different two different uh, programs. What is he saying? If it's better, if you have a choice, better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the to the wedding. This is not a fair comparison. If he would have said. Better to go to the funeral, bet evil, than to go to the burial. So now you're discussing the same subject, and you're just saying, in the same subject, this is better than that. But I can just say one is better than the other one. There's a they're not even connected. So explanation is like this. When a person goes to a wedding, that's also a time that a person is confronted with his immortality as well. Why? Because if a person is sitting at a wedding, and he starts to think... Why are we having a wedding ceremony here tonight? Why do people have to get married? The reason why people have to get married, obviously, is why? To keep the perpetuation of the species. To have children. Why? Why do people have to have children? Must be... Because no one's going to live forever. So therefore, at a time of a wedding, everybody's really reminded that the only reason why this wedding is happening is because we're not going to live forever. And therefore, that's a time where people are going to remember Yomamita. Oh, so now already there's a connection between a wedding and Bet Evil. So Shlomo Melech is saying, if you want to get the real effect of Zechoret Yom Amitah, go to the Bet Evil because it's more direct. It's more obvious. Yet the wedding you can have the same effect, but it has to, it's not so clear. It's, it's a Sabha. Here it's pronounced. And therefore you're better off getting that Musar from the Bet Evil. With this we explained that many times at a wedding, people are crying. And you wonder, why should they be crying? The Chaurah, it's a happy time. And the explanation might be that the Neshama at every wedding senses the immortality of a person. And therefore those tears that are coming out are really tears of, 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 of Tsar. It's manifesting itself at the Samha. But at many Samahot people go to, they don't cry. For example, at the Bar Mitzvah, there's also Samha. You don't see so much crying. But at a hatunah, a specific hatunah is crying. And the explanation is, that's the neshama sensing that there's Yom Amitah. That the reason why we're standing here is because we're not going to be here one day. And therefore we have to perpetuate ourselves to our children and marry them off. And therefore, it's also the same covenant. That's what Shilohu HaMelech was telling us. That better to opt for this, for Bet Evel, than for the hatunah. Bet when the sons of Rabbi Ishmael passed away, so four rabbis went to console him. Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Yosei Gilili, Rabbi Azam, Rabbi Azariya, Rabbi Akiva. Amalim, Rabbi Tarfon, Deu, Shacham Gadolu. Know that we're going to visit Rabbi Ishmael. He's a great rabbi. Ubakiba Gadot. He's very fluent in all the midrash. Al Yikanes Sarad Mekim to talk to Rabbi Chaviro. Nobody should repeat themselves. Which means everybody's going to give him a certain consolation. Make sure... Huh? Yeah. He's saying make sure that everybody says something else because he's Baki. He knows all the Midrashim. And therefore, you should not be involved in uh, repetition. Which means, the Ben Ishai explains, since he's a Baki in the Midrash, if everyone gives a different Dirash, it'll console him. Because he will take uh, consolation from these things. Comes to us, I'm going to be Akiva, and I'll go list. 
Rabbi Akiva was the greatest of the Hakamim, so he was not worried if the other rabbis go before him. He knew so much that he wasn't worried about repetition. He says, you can go first, I'll go last, and I'm not worried. I'll, uh, I'll say a, uh, a separate derasha. Patak Rabbi Ishmael. Now the Alakat says that the mourners really cannot start talking until the... I'm sorry, the Minahamim cannot start talking until the mourner opens up. So Rabbi Ishmael opened up. Says the sins, my sins are plenty. And therefore I have been punished with successive avilut. It seems his children died successively. So he had back to back avilut. And he has caused his rabbis to be inconvenienced one time and two times. So when he saw the rabbis come to visit him, he said, this is because of my avonot. So I got success, success of avidut, and now the rabbis have to come and visit over and over. So Bitarfon began, and he said, This was said when Nadav Avihu died, on that day of the Akamat Mishkan. So the Pasuk says, and all the Jewish people will cry regarding the Serefa, the fire that burnt Ezzara, that fire that they brought, and the fire that came down from Shamayim that burnt Nadab Aviyu. So the B. Tarfon says, Nadab Aviyu, that right before their death, they fulfilled one mitzvah. What does it say? Which means, they brought the blood to the Mizbeach. Right before they died, they were involved in the service of the Beit HaMikdash, the Mishkan. They brought the blood to the Mizbeach. And what? God commanded all Am Yisrael to mourn them. The children of Yisrael did so many mitzvot. The whole life they were involved in Torah Mitzvot Alachat Kama Vekama, all the more so that they're going to be deserving of respect at the time of their death. Now, Anar Bi Yosegilidi Rama. The next was Bi Yosegilidi, and he said, Pasuk Melachim, Vesafedu Lo Kol Bet Yisrael Vekaviru Oto. This pasuk is referring to the son of Yerubam Ben Nevat, Aviyah. It says Aviyah was eulogized by Am Yisrael. And he was zocheh for burial. So the Gemara says, why? V'halo devarim kalvachomer. Uma aviyah ben Yerubam. Shelo asa ila davari hatov. He only did one good thing. Dikhtibe, what does it say? Ya'an nimsabot davar tov. They only found one good thing in him, which was what? Kach, panav shrabi ishmael al hatkama vekama. If he deserved funeral and burial, which is a big zechut, for doing one good thing, or the most of the sons of Rabbi Ishmael, so give us his might of Artov, what did he, what did Abiyah do? Rabbi Zirav, Rabbi Halina, but Papa, had Amar, should be tell Mishmarto, ve'alala regel. He had a position that his father gave him to watch the roads, so Am Yusuf will not go up to Yerushalayim on the regel. Yerushalayim was a Koteo Mahati Ta'am. He positioned two Eglezahav, in the north of Israel, in the south of Israel, and he rerouted Am Yisrael, instead of going to Jerusalem, to go worship Avodah He appointed his son as one of the guards, and put him on a certain post. 
Abiyah left his post and he went up to Yerushalayim under Egel. That's one thing he did good. Behadamar shibitel pardesaot sheoshiv yarubam aviv ala derachim shelo yalu Yisrael ala Egel. Some say he gave him all the shomim, all the different posts. He relieved them from their position in order the Jewish people be able to go up for the Egel. In any event, that's the one good thing that he did, and as a result, he got a eulogy, which is a big thing, and a kevuna, kol sheken, the sons of the Bishmael. Na'ana Rabbi Al-Azab bin Azariah bi'aman. Then came Rabbi Al-Azab bin Azariah, and he said, it says over here, regarding what the Prophet told Sidqiyahu, Yirmiyah told Sidqiyahu, Bishalom tamut, you're going to die in peace. The custom was that when a king would die, they would burn his bed and all the clothes and all the vessels of the king. So the Prophet was saying that just like he died, so too they're going to, uh, so to his predecessors died, they buried, they, they burnt all his uh, things, so too they're going to do the same thing to Sidkiyah. That just like they burned, just like they burned for his predecessors, they're going to burn his things as well. And the end of the pasuk says, "Vehoi Adon yispedulach," and they're going to mourn you. They're going to say, "Woe to the Adon that we lost." That was Sitkiyah Melech. Vehalu deverim kavachomer umas Sitkiyah Melech Yudas shelo asa ela mitzvah hat Sitkiyah Melech. He was a uh, Sadiq. However, they're saying that at the time that he died, he did one mitzvah. What was his mitzvah? We'll see now. When Yirmiyahu and Nabi made a prophecy that Am Yisrael is going to go into exile, so uh, they put Yirmiyahu in like quicksand. They threw him into the tar. They wanted to drown Yirmiyahu. So Sidkiyah Melech went out on a limb and saved Yirmiyahu from drowning in the so what happened? He got rewarded that he deserved that he got a funeral. All the more so, uh, the children of Rabbi Ishmael, that they deserve Berakha at the time of their death. Right, they left him to die. Comes the Gemara and says, Rabbi Akiva quotes a pasuk from Zechariah. It says on that day when Mashiach comes, there's going to be a funeral. And the eulogies are going to be as great like the eulogy of Haddadrimon and Bekat Megidon. Now we do not have any recollection in Tanakh of a fellow called Haddadrimon that was in Bekat Megidon. So we don't even know what this person was talking about. That there's going to be a great funeral, La'atid Lavo. As great as the funeral as I had, Dadrimon, in Bikat Megidon. So the Gemara says, V'amar of Yosef, Without the Targum of this Pasuk, My Kama. We would not know what the Pasuk is saying. Another Targum reads, Be'idanahu, that time, Yizgeh mispedah birushlem. There's going to be a eulogy in Yerushalayim. Ki mispedah. As big as the eulogy, Te'achav bar'omri. 
as great as the king of Israel, Ahab, that was killed in the war by Hadadrimon bin Tabrimon. That's one eulogy, that's one funeral. And as great as the eulogy of King Yoshia, that Paro the lame one killed him in war, and therefore as a combination of both these funerals together, the funeral of Ahab and the funeral of Yoshia, that's going to be when Mashiach bin Yosef comes, the Gemara says that Mashiach bin Yosef is going to be killed. The second Sukkah we learned this. And he says the funeral of Mashiach bin Yosef is going to be as great, as the funerals of Ahab that was killed by Hadadrimon bin Tabrimon, and the funeral of Yoshia bin Amon that was killed by Paron Necho in Bet in Megiddo. And therefore the Pasuk now makes sense. So the Gemara says, the Arabi Akiva continues with the Rash, the Adodavarim Kadahomir, Uma Ahab Medik Israel, Shelo Asael Adavari Hadtov. Ahab in his life, he did one good thing. At least at the end of his life, what did he do? Dichtiv, v'amelech hayam ma'omad b'merkabah nochach Aram. When he was in the war against Aram, they killed him. They lanced him. At that point, Ahab knew that if he's going to kneel on his uh, chariot, so everybody to know that the king of Israel was killed, and that's going to cause fear in the Jewish soldiers. They're going to run away from the war, and it's going to cause many casualties. Because once, once the, uh, the army start to run away, they become now on the defensive. And now there can be great casualties. So he held himself up, even though he was in great pain, as if he was still alive. He stood himself up on the chariot, so everybody should see that the king of Israel is still alive, not to break the morale of the people. That was considered a great zikut Ahab, that he protected Am Yisrael by enduring the pain. And what does it say? Kach. What was his reward? When he died, he enjoyed a great funeral with great respect. All the Mosul, the sons of the Bishmael, that were great Sadiqim, certainly they are deserving of great Kavod at the time of their death. We learned by Sidkiyahu that the Prophet told him, Beshalom Tamut that is going to die in peace. We have another pasuk that says, We know that Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babel, he gouged out the two eyes of Tzidkiyahu. So therefore, how can you say he died in peace? First Nebuchadnezzar, he slaughtered all the children of Tzidkiyahu in front of him. And after he slaughtered his children, he gouged his eyes out. So how can you say he died in peace? He suffered. So Gemara says, Amar Hachi Amar Shemet Nebuchadnezzar Which means Nebuchadnezzar died before Sidkiyah. Sidkiyah was thrown into prison. Okay? Nebuchadnezzar died. They let Sidkiyah out of prison. The day they let Sidkiyah out of prison, he died as well. And therefore, you see, he lived one day more than Nebuchadnezzar. So he was able to see the death, not to see, but he was able to live through the death of Nebuchadnezzar. He's going to die in peace, which is, Nebuchadnezzar is not going to be around anymore. It says by Yoshiahu, the prophet prophesied that Yoshiahu Melech is going to be buried 
and his father's graves in peace. Uh, we have a pasuk that says, that when Yoshia was in the war, they lanced him with the arrows. That there were so many lances in Yoshia's body, they made his body like a sieve, which means there was all holes through the body of Yoshia. So I can just tell me he was in peace. The peace was that the Beit HaMikdash was not destroyed in his time. Which means the consolers are really not allowed to open their mouth until the mourner himself opens his mouth and speaks, like we just saw the story of the Bishma'il. And then once he opens up, then they can respond. We see in the Pasuk when Eov was mourning his children, and his friends came to console him. The Pasuk says that actually they sat next to him for seven days. And Eov was quiet. And they didn't open their mouth as well. Only after the seven days, Eov opened his mouth, and then what does it say? Then his friend Eliphaz started to console him. They waited for Eov to talk. Which means, how do we know that the Avel, he sits at the front? Jesus can have to sitting around an area, the mourner sits at the front, and everybody sits beneath him. Shneemar, Evhar Darkam. Ve'eshev rosh Ve'eshkon kemelech b'gedud Ka'ashir avelim yenachem Eyob is remembering his days of yore when he was on top So he says, I used to sit on top I was like a king right at the top of the uh, gedud leading the armies Ka'ashir avelim yenachem Like the consolers that mourn somebody now, according to the simple explanation of the Pasuk, it sounds like that the consolers are sitting at the head. We're trying to prove that the mourner sits at the head. So therefore the Mepharshim say that we're making a derasha, it's as if the Pasuk writes Yinnachem with the Dagesh in the Nun. Yinnachem is referring to the one that is being consoled. Who is the mourner? So, like the mourner that's being consoled, sits at the head. So he always remembering, just like a king sits at the head, just like a mortar sits at the head, I used to be at the head. And now he's at the, uh, he was suffering. So you see that what? A mourner sits at the head. So again what else says, and we're going to read this inside now. Yenachem acharini mashma. What do you mean? Simply the pasuk's mashma, Yenachem, is the consolers. It's talking about others, not the mourners. The consolers sit at the head. But it's like Yenachem ketiv. Read it with a dagesh in the nun, which turns it into not the consolers, but the mourner that's being consoled. He sits at the head. Morzutra marmeaga. Morzutra learns it from a pasuk in Amos. That the mourner sits at the head. Vesar mirzach seruhim. So the Gemara says, Mirzach, that's the mourner, Naase sar lisruhim. He becomes the gadol for those that are coming to console him. Lisruhim. Sar lisruhim. Those, he becomes the sa, the one. Prince. Prince of those that are coming to 
console him. Right? Mirzah is abbreviation of Mar Vizah. That's the mourner. He's uh, bitter and he's uh, he's uh, desolate. He's left alone. Saad is a Saad. And uh, Siduhim is referring to the consolers. Amar bi Hamab al-Harina. Minayin lehatan shemisib barosh. How do you know when the hat is a hatan? And they're sitting together. How do you know they put the hatan? The head of the table. Shne'emar ke hatan yichahen pe'er. That the hatan... It's like a Kohen. Ke'atan yichayin pe'er. So the Gemara says, Ma Kohen yoshev barosh, or ma Kohen barosh, af hatan barosh. Just like the Kohen sits at the head, so to a hatan, it's like a Kohen, he sits at the head. The Gemara says, Ve'kohen gufei minalan. How do you know the Kohen has to sit at the head? De'tana de'bir bishma'il. Ve'kiddashto, the Pasuk says you have to give the Kohen, Ve'kiddashto, you have to treat him special. He should be the first. What does it mean? When it comes to all things of Kiddushah, he goes first. Example, When it comes to the Sefer Torah, the Kohen goes before anybody. First the Kohen, then the Levi. That they learn from the Kiddashto. When it comes to Bekat uh, he makes the Zimun, and in the older days the custom was that one of the people at the table would say the Bekat out loud to be Motsi, everybody else. That came what goes to the Kohen. And when they're giving out uh, the pieces of the, uh, let's say, the food, so they give the Kohen first to take the first mana, to take the first uh, uh, portion of the food. So you see what? You also put him at the head of the table. So therefore, just like the Hatan sits, uh, just like the Kohen sits there, so to the Hatan. Baruch Amen, Amen.